Ladies and gentlemen, back once again. It's another segment of the Chief and Bosco podcast. I am your host, Chief, followed by my co-host, my partner in crime, Bosco. Say what's up to the people. What's good? What's good? What's up, everybody? Nice to be back. We try and be more consistent every Sunday. (laughs) New heat for your head top. (laughs) (laughs) Facts, facts, facts. Like you said, being more consistent... Let's get into it, man. Sunday night. First things first, what we got on the docket. Let's get into that good NBA talk. So, this weekend started. First round of the playoffs. We can go into it. Uh, game by game. Give our... Goddamn. My apologies. <laughs> game by game. We can go into it. And uh, pretty much break down... But let's go down the list. Starting off, game one, Boston Celtics versus the Nets. Um, in this game, Nets pull Nets pull it out, 104 to 93. Uh, Jason Tatum with 22 points, followed up Marcus Smart by 15. Uh, looking into the Nets side, Katie, you know, double double, 32 points, 12 rebounds. Kyrie hit him with 29. James Harden hit over 21, 9-8, Um, Looking at this game, pretty much, I mean, Jalen Brown's out. Uh, pretty much falling pretty much on Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart. On this, But, honestly, we kind of knew what we was looking into going into this series. Um, Bosco, what's your take on this one? Um, It's a sweep. Come on, man. <laughs> it's a sweep. I think in the next round, Brooklyn would play either um, Milwaukee or Miami. I'm more mm-hmm. interested in that series. Nobody give a fuck about Brooklyn and Boston, especially Boston. They trash. Yeah. They trash. Um, after this season, they need to blow the team up. Like, and start over. They need to completely start over. You have Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. You have Jalen Brown. Everybody else needs to be on the um on the trading block, and you need to completely rebuild. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are young enough for you to do that, and Man, I don't know how much longer you get Brad Stevens. Um, I remember when he first came in, people was like, yo, man, he a basketball genius. I'm like, this nigga ain't done nothing. Yeah. Like, all right, you was the coach of Butler. You took him to back-to-back NCAA um, championship games. You lost both of them, but we respect that you did that. But you ain't a genius. People was telling he was the next Greg Popovich. Come on, man. Cool out. That's disrespectful <laughs> to Greg. Don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, they need to completely rebuild. As far as the game goes, it's going to be a sweep. This is probably going to be the closest game in the series. Brooklyn's going to put them over their knee and spank them all all the rest of the series. Like, don't nobody give a fuck about that. That's why ain't nobody talking about it. <laughs> yeah, man. I knew this this one. Um, this one kind of just came and went, but same as the series. Like you said, this one will come and go. Um, no, nah, not too much to behold on this one. We got we got more shit to talk about. Moving on. Going into the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Washington Wizards. Uh, Philly takes this game 125 to uh, 118. Um, got a little competitive for a while going down the stat line. Uh, Bradley Beal finished up 33 points, 6 assists, and 10 rebounds. Uh, Russ came in 16-14-5. and five. Um, Pretty much uh, looking into the 76ers side. Wow. Tobias Harris had 37 points, 6 boards, 2 assists. Uh, Joel Embiid, 30 points, 6 boards, 3 assists. And Ben Simmons, 6 points, 15 and 15. Looking into this one, um, you have any takes on this one? 
All right. <laughs> get into it. I seen a couple people said, oh, man. Okay. Washington going to give Philly some problems. <laughs> Who knows what Philly going to do with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ain't nobody worried about no fucking Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. It's amazing. Russell Westbrook gets shit in on all, for the majority of his career. Now, all of a sudden, if you're the Sixers, it's like... Oh, man, I mean, we got the number one seed, and we went whooping ass all year, but, man, you know who we scared of? That team that finished below 500 in the nation's capital. I, I just don't know what we about to do with Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, he can't shoot in a shooter's league, but I, I don't know. He can do everything else. <laughs> who knows what he about to do? Ain't nobody fucking worry about them. Come on, Tobias <laughs> Harris dropped over 30 points on their head. Come on. <laughs> that Either that series is a sweep or it's five. I don't yeah. see it going more than five. Like, they have no answer for Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, this is how you know the Sixers are going to beat their ass. Ben Simmons scored eight points, and at no point in time did I ever think the Sixers were going to lose that game. They still, and it was a handedly game, like, and because if you really want to, you put Ben Simmons on Bradley Bill the whole game. Ben Simmons, who should be defense player of the year, and Washington out. ain't doing shit. Like, ain't so nobody scared of Westbrook. So basically looking at this series, just like the one we just talked about, this is a warm-up series. Yeah. We can skip past it. It's going to be Westbrook's fourth straight year going home in the first round. He used to it by now. <laughs> facts, facts, man. Mo- moving on, moving on. Uh, we take it over to the West for a little bit. Going to uh, Portland Trailblazers versus Denver Nuggets. Uh, Portland pulls this one out, 123 to 109. Uh, looking on the Trailblazers side, Dame... Finishes with 34 points, 13 assists, 2 boards. CJ hit him with 21, 6, and 3. Looking over to uh, the Nuggets side, Michael Porter Jr., ooh, he had 25. Joker finished with a double-double, 34-16. And moving on. Uh, for this one, any uh, follow-up through this one? What do you think on this one? Hmm. I feel like this is going to be reminiscent of, like, the 07 Mavericks mm-hmm. when Dirk won the MVP, but he had to accept it after their season finished because they <laughs> lost in the first round. I could easily see Denver lose in this series. I think, from what I saw, they were basically letting Jokic do whatever he wanted, but they're not scared of anybody yeah, else on the team. Yeah, everybody else. I think Michael Porter uh, Jr. is still a few years away. Also, you know what it is? Denver might have too much talent on that team because... People kind of underestimate basketball isn't like other sports, right? Like with football, Mm -hmm. if you have a star player to every position in football, you'll be fine. Maybe not on the offensive side because it's only one ball, but Mm -hmm. on the defensive side, you're going to be fine. Like, for example, if you have a star nose tackle, star linebacker, star safety, star corner, they're all going to be fine because if you don't throw on the side of the field, I'm going to still be looked at as amazing. Like, oh, man, look, I got these niggas shook. They ain't even throw it on this side. If you're linebackers, everybody's going to eat because everybody can't get double teamed. Like, it's it's more of a work in progress. If you have a star player at every position on a basketball team, it's only one ball. Uh And a bunch of these niggas is selfish. So when you watch Denver play, you're trying to run through a center, but uh-huh. this isn't the early 2000s, and this isn't the 90s. So the idea of a center being the best player on your team and you're winning a title, that literally hasn't happened since Shaq and the Lakers. Now, for this one, do you think it makes a difference if Jamal Murray's back healthy? Oh, absolutely. I thought, Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think Denver would win then, but with now, I mean, it's so... 
If you're Portland, I I go with the same game plan. Let yeah. Jokic do whatever he wants and try to contain everybody else. But let's be clear, mm-hmm. regardless of who wins this series, they getting spanked in the next round. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. Like Portland's another one of those teams. They need to blow that shit up. Mm-hmm. They re- they really do because they Dane keeps coming out saying, "Well, oh, you know, I want to retire in Portland." This and that. Look, it sounds good. Clyde Drexler used to say that same dumb shit. And eventually yeah. it got to a point he was like, no, nah, man, fuck that. I need a ring. Like, yeah, I'm towards like, the twilight of my career. I need to win. Yeah, and, and looking further into Portland, when you look at the team, like, every time they'll say, like, they have something, there's, like, a major injury. Somebody gets really hurt on there. But if you got Dame, he's going to be the ball handler to score. CJ, I mean, he's a scorer, but he's already undersized guard in that case, too. So it's like, you know, what's your third option? You don't really have, like, a... A, a real like bona fide three. You really you don't, release. and then neither one of your star players played defense. So yeah, that exactly. I, I said this in 2018 when they lost to the um, Pelicans and they got swept in the second round. They should have blew the team up then. Yeah, they should have been like, you know what, the CJ Dame shit, that's not working. Pick which one of them you want to roll with, and then rebuild the team. But Portland's just Portland kind of reminds me of if you look at any decade of basketball, it's mm-hmm. always teams that get to the playoffs every year, but they're never really a threat. Like towards the end of Reggie Miller's career, the Pacers always got to the playoffs. Yeah. But besides 04, which they had a good chance going to the finals, but they lost to the Pistons. And then the next season, the Malice and the Palace happened, which kind of fucked their whole season up. Mm-hmm. It was like, OK, they're in the playoffs, but they're not going to do anything. And you see a lot of teams like that now. I feel like that about Boston. Yeah. I feel that way. Currently, I feel that way about Denver because Denver. they need to match some shit up. And I'm a Dallas fan, but two, three years from now, we could be having that same um, yeah. discussion about Dallas. So, switch up. It, to me, this idea of complacency in sports is, is ridiculous. It's like either you need to be doing everything you could do to win or you need to rebuild. Like, it has to be one or two. But this whole, oh, we'll just finish a couple games above 500, probably losing the first or second round every year. It's like, come on, man. No, I'm not rolling with that. And I'm not rolling with the whole, well, if I don't win a ring, it is what it is. I mean, I'm like, look, dude. Yeah. No disrespect. If I'm a fan of the team, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, because I also don't like the whole, no, fuck that. I'll die. I'll die for this shit. I'll do anything possible. I'm like, my nigga, calm the fuck down. Yeah, that's a little extra. After retirement, (laughs) you know, you you better figure out something else to do. But the whole, I mean, you know, we win, we win, we don't, we don't, kind of is what it is. No, no, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Yeah, I'm not buying fucking tickets. Especially if I'm the owner of the team. I'm like, nigga, I'm paying you like 40 million a year. I ain't trying to hear that shit. Like, no, 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 no. So. After this season, they need to really, really look into, all right, are we keeping Dame? We not keeping Dame. If we are, we need to bring in other, either other coaches or other scouts or somebody to really be like, all right, how do we build this team around him? But um, after seeing game one, I wouldn't be shocked if Portland won. I'm, I'm not going to be shocked about the outcome. Like, if Denver won, all right, cool. Portland won, it doesn't matter. Second round, they're losing to whoever they play so yeah um yeah man i feel the same way uh pretty much going in like i said man round one i mean like i I think portland will take this one and then we'll just a lot of these round ones we we just waiting to get to the second round it's really to see what happens then um moving forward let's go let's stay in the west for a little while let's uh get over to the one of the major games here the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns pull this one out, 99 to 90. Going through the stat list, AD finished with a measly 
13 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 Basuda. assists. Goat James, 18-10-7. Um, pretty measly going down the line. Let's look over to Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton, double-double, 21 points and 16 boards. D-Book, 37 points, 8 assists, and 7 boards. And CP, uh, only 7 points, 8 assists, and 4 boards. Uh, looking into this one, I'm just saying going through it, looks like... Uh, AD was MIA on this one. Not a crazy showing. From beginning to end, they were losing that game from tip-off to the end of the game. Um, It's weird with the Lakers because if you go back to last year, they lost game one against Portland in the first round. They lost game one against Houston in the first round. And then in Denver and Miami, they won game one of both those series. But I've been trying to tell people. <laughs> I've been trying to tell people. like. This idea that LeBron James is still in the prime of his career is is just a myth. I'm like, look, right. last year, in my opinion, is going to be – last year was the last great season you've seen of him. First team All-NBA. I really do believe if the uh, COVID didn't hit that mm-hmm. he would have ended up passing Giannis and MVP. But I'm like, look, man, he's getting older. If you actually yeah. sit and watch LeBron James plays, he picks and chooses when he wants to play defense to conserve energy. He really doesn't finish around the hoop nowhere near as well as he used to. Uh-huh. I mean, look, man, he out here getting blocked by like Andrew Wiggins and shit like that. I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, AD, it's like, dude, I ain't, I ain't trying to be funny. He, he's showing people why in New Orleans that shit was not successful. I'm yeah. like, look, dude, I mean, you're a great number two, but LeBron getting older, and I don't think y'all getting another star player no time soon. So it's like, and nigga, it's, are you going to take the reins or not? Yeah, because it's crazy. This will be the perfect time for him to start taking over, like to, to get more involved in it. And like, okay, you notice that, you know, LeBron's starting to slow down. This would be the time where he needs to pick it up and have his 30-point games and such. That's why what people never talk about with the Lakers of the 80s is Kareem was that dude on the team, but as he got older, he realized he needed to give – the reins to magic and that's why their dynasty extended as long that's why they went to nine finals from 1980 to 1991 and they went to eight together and they won five together because it was a natural passing of the torch ad need to be like look man i, I got this like let, let even if you looked at it last year he took over the majority of the scoring this year i don't know yeah. what the fuck's been going on i don't know okay. if he's been hurt or what because Usually after a team wins a championship, you see them come back the next year with more confidence and their players play like their star players play even better. Nah, not this go round. I don't know <laughs> if AD been hurt. Well, you we know he been hurt, but even when the season first started, I don't know if the turnaround was too quick or what, but no, nah, he he had an ugly showing and if they lose game 2, then there's going to be some serious problems. They they really need to come out in game one. Um, they really need to come out in game two yeah, and punch them niggas in the face or something and be like, all right, yeah. From beginning to end, too, like, they need to whoop their ass the entire game to show utter dominance. But even to me, even if they win the next game and they just, like, squeak it out or some shit, they should still be concerned. It's like, no, nah, yo, y'all really need to beat the shit out of them. Like, yeah. come on, Phoenix, a team that has not been to the playoffs in, like, 10 years, Led by 36-year-old Chris Paul. Come on, man. Like, DeAndre Ayton, knock it off. Devin Booker, the dick-riding niggas give him is, I just don't get it. I really don't get it, even though he did play a good game today. But there's no reason Phoenix should win this series. Like, it, this would be a series, if you look back 10 years from now, you start looking at the rosters and everything, you'd be like, how the fuck did Phoenix end up being the Lakers? Regardless of the team record, it's just like, how how that happen? 
know. Facts, facts. I mean, they, yeah, like you said, man, they gotta, they gotta pick this shit up, yeah. Because if they lose, they go down two zero, man. Shit can get real serious. Um, they gotta pick this one. AD gotta come in cr- crazy. He got, he gotta had a bounce back for this one. Um, moving forward, let's stick in the West. Let's take it over to the other LA. The Clippers. Talk to me and nice. The Mavericks. Talk to me nice. So. Mavericks. Twenty twenty one. The time is now. Hashtag Mavs twenty twenty one. The time is now. Don't nobody tell me about the fucking Clippers one more time. Stop it. Just stop it. Because if Porzingis was healthy last year, we would have we would have beat their ass in the playoffs <laughs> last year. But alright, cool. He was hurt. Things happen. But come on, man. Oh, come come on, man. So, hey, niggas really think they have a Batman Robin. It's two Robins. Kawhi's a Robin. Uh-huh. Paul George is a Robin. Oh, Kawhi, though, like, he's so good. He do this and that. I'm like, look, first of all, if you actually watch them play, he really don't lock niggas up like he used to. Nope. And then he might have the two most overrated finals MVPs. In 2014, they literally could have gave it to anybody on the Spurs. Yeah. And then in 2019, they win the finals. KD tears his Achilles. Okay. Klay Thompson tears his ACL, so two of the top three players on the other team get hurt. Y'all win the series. It still took six games, by the way. It's just like, I don't, I really see people be like, yo, man, Kawhi might be top 25 player of all time. Man, knock it the fuck off. Yeah. Like, not knock it off. Like, look, if, you, if y'all want to suck him off in y'all own private time, do that. But don't hop on the microphone telling nigga, oh, no, man, look, he's so this and that. Paul George, come on, man. I was honestly getting upset. Like, I was getting... I was getting upset for Paul George because, you know, for a while it was going on the tangent like everybody just cooking the fuck out of Paul George. And I'm like, well, if Kawhi the claw, why he not locking these people up? They just like, well, so we just going to let Paul George continuously just get cooked? Yeah, yeah, my, that, that's my thing. Even last year when people was coming at Paul George, no, nah, nigga, this whole idea of I'm going to give a player all the credit when the team wins, but when they lose he's not going to get any of the blame is fucking ridiculous. We're not going to do that. Like, no, we're not doing that. So Paul George, we have eight years of him doing what he does in the playoffs. I don't expect anything from him anymore. Like I refuse to, I refuse to get my hopes up for this nigga anymore. <laughs> it's look, you are who you are. It is what it is. If you were alcoholic, you were an alcoholic. I don't expect anything different. You're not going to show up in the playoffs. It is what it is. You might have a couple games here and there, but that's right. not who you are. If they end up losing this series, I'm calling it now. Don't be shocked if Kawhi Leonard opts out and leaves. Yeah. And, yeah, and Paul George just gets stuck there. And also, if the Mavericks win this series, Luka legend. Mm-hmm. Fundamental Luka, Luka in the game with the triple-double, 31, 11, 10. And the crazy thing is, like, throughout watching this game, man, Mavs were pretty much in, in the lead uh, every single quarter. Leading throughout this whole game. So it's pretty much a show effort. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Game two, they take this one, man. I think we can put this one in the books. Uh, moving forward, let's go over to the East. So going back over to the East, we got Milwaukee Bucks and the Heat. This one went to overtime, and watched the Bucks pull it out, 109 to 107. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 17 points, eight boards, 10 rebounds. Followed Duncan Robinson, 24, two and two. Drogic had 25 as well. Oh, okay. And then well, let's go over to the Bucks. Greek Freak, 26 and 18. Chris Mundo had 27 and 6. Brooke Lopez, ooh, 18 and 8. And then Drew Holiday, 20 and 11. So it was, it was a pretty good collaborative team effort. It took pretty much everybody to throw in to uh, pull this one out. 
uh, the Bucks won the game, but they should not be feeling good about that shit. <laughs> I'm like, it took, first of all, it took overtime, and it took down to the very last shot, which that Chris Middleton shot was Kobe-esque. I repeat, Chris Middleton is not Kobe Bryant. <laughs> that one specific shot was Kobe-esque, which was pretty impressive. But look, man, last year when they got steamrolled by them, it was bad. If you watch the majority of that game, Miami really should have won. Also, Miami, don't ever wear those ugly-ass fucking jerseys again. <laughs> yo, what's up with Nike? Nike, uh, made, yo, when Nike first got announced as they were doing uh, sponsorship or whatever, and they was making the jerseys, I was hyped. The majority of them shits is ugly. I don't want to see mustard yellow Miami Heat jerseys ever again. Once I saw that jersey, I was like, no, nah, I hope these niggas lose. They deserve to lose just for being dressed like that. <laughs> but, no, Milwaukee shouldn't be feeling good. They're up 1-0, but... It that's took, one like, of all those, the starters almost getting 20 points apiece. That's one of those wins where you walk off the court and you look like you lost. It's like, yeah. I mean, we won, but did we deserve to? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Miami is Miami. I mean... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can get any separate. They're missing pieces. Miami, Miami needs another co-star with Jimmy Butler because they literally ask him to do everything down there. Yeah, I think yeah. To overall, um, it'll be interesting to see because I think even as good as he is, I think Bam's probably got a cap, like a ceiling on what's he going to be. Uh, looking into other games that we have, we have the Hawks and the Knicks, in which the Hawks. Pulled it out by two, 107 to 105. John Collins finished with 12 points, seven boards. Trey Young, 32, 10 and seven. Bodan Bardanovich, 18, two and four. Looking over to the Knicks, uh, Julius Randle, 15, four and 12. RJ, 14, one and 11. D Rose has 17 off of uh, off the bench, as well as damn Alex Burke. He had 27 off of the bench. Uh, looking at this one, in my opinion, man, um, starting off this game, this shit was really boring because everybody was missing shots. Uh, coming to this, we saw the bench. So we can look down the line and see where the bench up is. But just watching this game, man, it's just like the Knicks is just like right now just falling in on, you know, get the ball to Julius. Julius has to do everything pretty much. He just throw the ball to him on the outside, let him play iso ball. And then you get a little guard play in here from uh, Derrick Rose and such like that. But for the most part, it's run everything through Julius. Uh, RJ shooting up fucking threes and missing them uh, completely. So, uh, yeah, it just looks like a well-conditioned team, as you will, from a Thibodeau team. Um, they just play hard running up down the court. And then they've got, like, some real old people in there. So, they got to uh, get some pieces uh, definitely going into next year. It'll be interesting because for whatever reason, I feel like they're going to have this building block to go off, but they're probably going to fight like Thibodeau for whatever reason is going to get up out of there because, you know, Tibbs never really stays in places for, but for so long. Um, just kind of building build the piece. Looking into Atlanta, um, I mean, it's Trey Young, uh, a, a bucket is, you know, Niggas like to say all the time, whatever that means. Uh, John Collins coming through there. Uh, the big addition with Clint Capella. And then, you know, having Lou Williams come off the bench. Uh, I don't know. This game was kind of boring to me. I'm I'm kind of pulling for the Knicks a little bit. but no. Okay. No. Um, Atlanta. Atlanta's going to win the series. Okay. First of all, Atlanta has a better team. 
because all right, if you watch Atlanta, Atlanta has enough scoring, and they have players like DeAndre Hunter who doesn't give a fuck about scoring. Like he takes his pride on defense. So yeah, yeah, Collins. Yeah, so when you have players like Hunter, Collins, people who know exactly what their role is and embrace their role. Mm-hmm. Look, no disrespect. A team with fucking Julius Randle is the best player on it. It's not <laughs> doing shit. Like, Tom Thibodeau, if you look at his teams, they're prime examples of, oh, man, the regular season, they look good. You get to the playoffs. Like, it goes back to if you look at the Derrick Rose MVP season, and everybody was like, oh, shit, man. They they ended the season with a better record than the Heat, and everybody was like, oh, no, man, you know, this might be the year Chicago went back to the finals. They played the Heat, and it was like, oh, okay, no, we're not as good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Because the thing with sports in general, basketball is no different than any other sport. It's all about matchups. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason a Golden State Warriors could beat the Dallas Mavericks or a Nuggets can beat the Sonics or any other AC beating the one seed. It's all about matchups. New York does not match up good with Atlanta. And... I think this is going to be the worst game Atlanta has because if you really look at their team shots, they didn't shoot that well from the three. They didn't shoot that well from the field. Mm-hmm. And this is another one. If New York goes down 0-2 and then they have to go back to it and then they go to Atlanta for games three and four, man, that could get ugly quick. And New York is going to have a lot of decisions to make. Julius Randle's a free agent after this season. He's going to make all NBA, so he's going to be eligible for the Supermax. Super yeah. No, Are you giving Julius Randle the Supermax? I mean... I don't know. Even though I have like how he's matured this year, like he's really stepped that shit up. You know what it is with him? The way he plays, it's hard to build around shit it's, like that. Yeah, if, you, really if you ever look in NBA history, it's hard to build around point forwards like that. Like, There's a reason why a lot of times... They either need to be complimentary pieces or they don't win. Because if anybody remembers Kevin Garnett when he was with the Timberwolves, they used to have him do a whole bunch of shit. Like, there was times he was dribbling the ball up the court. Mm-hmm. He was the ultimate playmaker. Shit, It's hard to build around that because it's like, well, if you have this one dude who could do everything, do you really need other players that do it either at the same level or not as well? It's like, eh. So when you watch the Knicks play, it's give the ball to Julius, see what he does. Because they're assuming he's going to make the right decision. But it's like, dude, he's not a point guard. Like, you need him to be on the blocker. You need to to have him play a very specific way. This whole Mm -hmm. give him the ball and then let's just see what he does with it. That that style of basketball has never worked in the NBA. It's not going to work now. It's the same reason why when they had Carmelo, they couldn't fucking win. It's like that whole we'll have this one person make the decision shit. That's not going to work. R.J. Barrett, learn how to use your right hand. Yeah. Like that he's predictable, man. I think they really need like a they honestly do need like some wing shooters. Like a like a Duncan or somebody like that. Cause it's well, like say half their team is fucking centers and powerful. Yeah, words. like <laughs> fucking Todd Gibson. It's like like <laughs> Respect to Taj, man. Yeah, I'm like, yo, come on, Kai. Like I I will see him going on I'm like, yo, damn, he still play? I'm like, fuck. It's come like, on, yo, man. they kinda and then like for like you said, like how they run it, man, a whole lot of all right, give me the ball, set the pick. I'm going to run straight to the basket and launch that bitch back out to the three. They be having lineups out there of Alfred Payton, R.J. Barrett, Julius, Todd Gibson, New Orleans Noels, and niggas want me to get hyped for the Knicks, man. Knock it the fuck off. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Like, no. I got Atlanta winning the series, though. I okay. really do. Regardless of if New York wins game two, I got Atlanta winning the series. Okay. Um. So, moving on. Uh. Lastly, game's still going right now. It's about seven minutes left in the fourth. 
Memphis Grizzlies are up on the Utah Jazz, 97 to 86. Um, looking down the line, if we look at the Grizzlies, it looks like a collaborative team effort right now. Uh, Dylan Brooks with 29 points, seven boards. Jazz got 16. Kyle Anderson with 14. And Jonas Valachunas, he's got 12 on this one. For looking at the Jazz here, uh, Rudy's double double, 10 and 14. Mike Conley's got a double, 19 and 10. Uh, Bojan, he's got he's got 13. Um, right now, looking at this, uh, looks yeah, Donovan Mitchell's out. Uh, looks like I'm pretty sure probably Memphis is gonna pull this one out uh, for game one. Uh, what's your idea on this uh, series? Hmm. If Donovan Mitchell can come back and be relatively healthy, I mm-hmm. think I think Utah can win. Memphis is a team of the future though, and they're interesting because they're all so young. Uh-huh. And the sky's really the limit. John Morant, if he stays healthy uh-huh. and he gets only better at shooting, uh-huh. he and not right that, now, not right now, and I don't even think within the next couple of years. But he's in his second year. I can see by like his fifth, sixth year, him being the best point guard in the NBA. Because by then, Steph Curry, if he's even still playing, is definitely gonna be a couple years from retirement. Damian Lillard would be on the back nine of his career by then. Like he will definitely have a chance to be the best point guard. He's just so explosive, and, and he's he, not scared of the moment. And I think like one thing I would like to see from him too, looking at it. Um, I guess similar down to the path of like how Derek developed it. If he can at least get like a mid-range game, because it looks like guys like Dylan Brooks and stuff are stepping up too, and uh, you know scoring a lot as well. If he can get that mid-range game, you take those two guys and you get them a solid young center as well to take over eventually. Yeah, I think they might be cooking with something. And um, even now, if you look at them, everybody knows their role on the team. Everybody yeah. is aware of Ja. This is Ja's team, team, and we go where he leads us. There is no – like, this, that's the problem with some of these teams are, especially when you're young – when you have a team where the star players are all young, it's almost – like, you see it sometimes with Boston. Yeah. Sometimes Jalen Brown thinks think it's his alpha. team. Other times it's Jay like, it, it's a back and forth. Everybody falls in line in Memphis. It's no, this is Ja's team. He's the leader. We're going to go where he takes us. Even now, when you see him out on the court, you would think he was like a 10-year veteran, the way he's out there maneuvering shit yeah. and directing and, and uh, talking to everybody. So, Sky is definitely a limit. They stay healthy. Um, I think they're going to lose. But do you know what this is reminiscent of? Mm-hmm. If you go back to 2010, the Thunder got the brakes being off them by the Lakers in the first round. The Thunders were an eighth seed. Right. But everybody saw what the potential was. Now, they weren't able to win for multiple reasons where I would dive deep into one day. But mm-hmm. they weren't able to win, but everybody saw the potential. Memphis is a piece or two away, but they're so young that it's like, I'm not, the, the, there is no clock on them. Like, you see some teams, it's like, no, the clock, y'all got a couple years. They're, they're so young. It's, I can't even say, oh, y'all got a couple years, y'all got to blow it up. No, hell no. Like, they're, they'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. Over the years, they'll get a piece or two. With them being better, they might attract a free agent or two. Memphis is a nice-ass city. Mm-hmm. If people have never been, I recommend at least visiting. It's a nice city. So I can see it being a destination. If you could play with Ja, play with Dylan Brooks, and they got some other young studs on the team, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think, yeah, like you said, one of the more uh, future teams for the West Coast, you know, like them, Dallas and such. Like you said, they get a free more, get a little more experience in. I think it's good for them getting the playoffs now and start experiencing, you know, what it's going to be like in such with different matchups and whatnot. But uh, moving on, uh, this is pretty much, you know, starting off round one. 
Like I said, the Grizzlies and the Jazz are finishing up right now. We'll go ahead and get into the game twos. They'll be happening uh, tomorrow, starting tomorrow and then Tuesday. So we'll, we'll go through this as we go through forward and we get into round two. So that's been our NBA talk uh, for now. So right now while we're at it, let's go ahead and we are going to move on to our movie review segment. So for this for this segment, we're going to get into a movie right now currently streaming on HBO Max. This one, Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring... Angelina Jolie, you've seen her in various movies, such as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, Talk to him. Salt, Facts, the list goes on. And a bunch of other random shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Bernthal, you've seen him in stuff such as The Punisher. Talk to him. Um, Wolf of know, Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. The Accountant. He he shows up in a bunch of random movies. Baby Driver. He's never the star. He's yeah. always like just yeah. He's uh, a supporter. Yeah, a supporting actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nicholas Holt. I yeah. do feel like I've seen him in a few things. X Men. He, he played yeah. Beast. Yeah, he played uh, Beast, a younger right? version of Beast. Yeah. Yep. Um, have you seen Aiden Gillen as well? I can't think of what I've seen him in. I've seen him in stuff like Sing Street. Um, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him in a couple. Another, well, he doesn't star in anything. He's a, um, you know, he he's he's co-starring, which is fine. Not everybody needs oh, to Game be the main Thrones. star. Okay, yeah, I'm not hip. I I didn't watch that. Okay, Bohemian Rhapsody, like you said, Peaky Blinders, another good one. Um, and then uh, we get a cameo appearance by none other than Tyler Perry. Come on, man. Anyway, let's get into. We got a lot to say with this. First one. things first, man. Okay, get into it. Respect to all firefighters, uh-huh. uh, you know, who people whose job it is when when forests catch on fire and all that shit. They're a firefighter, but I think they got a different title. Bless y'all, because I ain't doing that shit. Spoiler alert. That job looked dangerous as hell. Right. <laughs> there is no way in hell I would do that. I don't give a fuck. How much money are you paying me? No. And the funniest no. shit was like, I was like so fucking confused because I'm like, usually when you see a bunch of like, you know, forest fires and shit, you just automatically assume this is all right, so we're in California. Yeah. But like you're you're not. Like this is what this takes place in Montana. Montana. Well, first of all, let's talk about the how the movie opens. Okay. Two random dudes who we don't know yet show up to this family's house. Mm-hmm. Broad daylight. It's, it's it's insinuated that he goes inside, kills everybody in the family. Broad daylight in this beautiful Big ass neighborhood in Miami just blows the fucking house up. Yeah. I'm like, is that how we giving it up? Yeah. Okay, I already see what type of shit we gonna be on. <laughs> like, what? So then the father, so a, a father of a son is watching the news and he's like, oh shit, I guess they coming after me next. And he drives from Miami, Florida, all the way to Montana. Mind you, there is no tan- timetable in this movie, so you have no idea. How I'm, long is it? My guess is all of this takes place within a couple of days, but I'm like... In a fucking Prius. I'm like, so, uh, you mean to tell me the only fucking people you know happen to live in Montana? Damn. You don't know nobody closer? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's what we doing. You got all that money you didn't think to yourself? Oh, shit. How about we just go overseas somewhere? Now, on the flip side, right, we're talking about the family. Um, We get into... 
Angelina Jolie's character where she is a, like you said, she is a firefighter. Um, she's kind of dealing with this trauma of uh, one of the accidents uh, from a previous time in which there happened to be some kids there and they got stuck in the fire and she couldn't go, she didn't go over there to save them because uh, she couldn't get over there and she pretty much watched these kids burn alive. So she's kind of dealing with the traumas and stress from that. So from a job and such, uh, they pretty much took her to be uh, the only person in a watchtower uh, for one of the neighborhoods. So she ends up doing that. And throughout that time, yeah, she's dealing with the stresses. Now, back over to, uh, to Bosco's point, looking into uh, the family. Like you said, they're pretty much on a road trip. He calls his estranged brother-in-law. Now, mind you, like you said, this is a father and his son. It's revealed uh, that the mother of the ch of the son, she had died from cancer, basically. So already, uh, this kid's kind of been, been through shit. Uh, he just wants to get through school because he's got a chemistry test. Which, oh, okay. Okay. Right, real quick. <laughs> I did not take chemistry until I was a junior in high school. This motherfucker's like eight hey. years old talking about he got a chemistry exam. What the fuck school do you go to? <laughs> like, dog, simple science when I was in like third, fourth grade was like, I mean, all right, this all right, I guess. But chemistry? What school you go to? How smart are you? <laughs> it's like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, I'm saying, he's like, yeah, man, I got a chemistry test. They're like, fuck that, we need to go. He said, no, fuck that test. We playing hooky today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so already, man, this dude's, this kid's been through some stresses, man. You know, it's revealed, yeah, you know, he watched his mother, um, his mother died of cancer and such. But nevertheless, like you said, they're on a road trip. Calls his strange brother. We're going to come see you. Such and such and whatever. And we see the estranged brother to be played. The estranged no, no. brother is the sheriff. No, no, no. It's not even a estranged brother. It's the brother. It's his brother-in-law in yeah. who happens to be the ex-husband of Angelina Jolie. Mm -hmm. It's just like... Okay, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Some of this, this seems kind of unnecessary. I don't know why Angelina Jolie and old boy used to have to be married. It seems like they could probably just been friends and the story would have worked the same, but whatever. Yeah, and it's weird because it's like, you know, they, they could have been friends, and, and like you said, it's such. And then we, we notice, like, uh, I don't know, man, like they're really just pushing, like, this super, like, interracial, like, situation. My thing is, like, it just gets shoved uh, in to yeah. stuff. Like, and I have no problem with that. Love who you love, do exactly. whatever. I really don't give a fuck. But, like, when you see it that blatantly in movies, yeah, and it's it doesn't just so fit. odd. It doesn't it, fit. It's one of those things where it's just like, where y'all meet? In Montana? Like, yeah, well, what, what, what y'all do? I don't, <laughs> well, what's going on? Yeah, it, it, it just, I right, man, it, like you said, it just didn't make sense. But... Fuck all that. Moving forward, <laughs> we're looking at these uh two assassins, and they're just running around killing people in broad daylight. Basically, yo, my nigga, they killing people in broad daylight. They setting forests on fire for yeah. no fucking reason. I don't know what is going on. I, I don't know what's going on. So eventually, these guys they catch up with the father and the son, and at this point, you know, pretty much run them off the fucking road. And, you know, in his dying effort, he's, you know, given this flash drive and, you know, basically, you know, all the details of whatever fucking situation he was doing as an accountant for some Which we people. still never learn. We never, never learn in the end what it was. Even, before, yeah. And, you know, before we get that, you know, he gives him the last things and he tells his son, yo, go ahead and get up out of the car. Because at this point, they've been pushed off the road. And he's like, all right, get up out of here. Go, go hide up underneath the rock or whatever. So he does that and pretty much, you know... 
sees his father get shot the fuck up and the car just rolls over the cliff and um over into the uh the river so at this point man this kid's been through some shit man come on man at nine like let's say 10 i don't even think he's 10 but let's say by the age of 10 you seen your mom die of cancer and seeing your dad get shot the fuck up like denzel and training day <laughs> It's fuck everybody for the rest of my life. I'm turning into the Joker. I'm Joaquin Phoenix yeah. now. Like, fuck everybody. The world don't mean shit. I'm killing motherfuckers. Like, that is crazy. I don't need nobody in this motherfucker. And then you don't got no siblings to even share the fucking trauma with. This nigga just by himself. Yeah, he, his dad's done. Hold on. Just walk, a, just walk the stream. It leads to a river that leads to towns. Like, do all that while I'm sitting here bleeding to death and shit. Like, nigga, what is going on? I'm scared to... I'm scared to death like what yeah i'm the joker i'm the joker from now on fuck that i'm a villain so so yeah the pops get killed the kid gets away but they don't know well they kind of notice but then they kind of don't so they steal a truck they just random lady just stops by to see what's going on they shoot her ass on the head yo shoot so unnecessary so unnecessary and and it's it's a weird dynamic because we see um with those two characters um nicholas holt and aiden aiden gillen's character like Aiden's character is pretty much ruthless and like holt's character he's like on the same type time but he's trying to avoid just random casualties for no reason but we see aiden's character he's like fuck that whoever's you know if they see us we just gotta kill them so they're kind of just on this mission like you know all right let's you know if we gotta kill somebody let's kill somebody and mind you at this point they know now, all right, so the boy was gone, so we got to kind of track him. But before we do that, we need to stop and meet with the boss. So here, we get a special cameo appearance by none other than Medea himself, Tyler Perry, who's in this bitch for about two minutes. Never, never, he's never shown in another scene. Nope. He is never brought up again. No. Who did the casting? And see, the thing is, like, I just looked at that scene, and he's like, no, you need to do whatever you need to do to uh, get the target. And I just, for I'm just like, yo, why the fuck won't you go get him? Dress up as Medea and go get that little Dog, kid. half of your roles are in a dress. I don't take you serious. Yeah, like, you should it's, never, it's They so should weird. never cast you to take. It's, he was good in Gone Girl, mm-hmm. and he was all right in Alex Cross. They should never, ever hire him to play gangster roles ever. That That's not you, my man. You have the... Cause Tyler Perry's a big ass dude. He's like six yeah. five. Like he he. If you never seen him in his other shit, you'd be like, oh, he's an intimidating dude. But it's like, dog, we seen you play a woman too many times. Like we seen you cross dress. Like I don't, I can't detach. I cannot detach Madea when I see you in other shit. And I'm like, nah, that that was a miscast. Honestly, I think somebody knows that too. That's why he ain't in that movie too much. They was like, alright, nah, fuck that. Like the rest of his scenes. Got yeah, we, shit yeah, we already paid for this, so let's go ahead and get, <laughs> we can get up out of this. Yeah, for real. But that that yo, <laughs> that movie's just crazy, right? Old girl, John, point, old boy. Yeah, my fault. Go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, like you're like you're about to say. Like at this point, you know, Tyler Perry. Okay, we get the camel appearance. On the flip side, by this point. Uh, the little the little boy, he's running to Angelina Jolie's character. They have this little back and forth, and he ain't really fuck away to his heart cold. So he not trusted nobody and shit that he's seen. His heart seen. on ice, I don't blame him shit. You know what I'm seen saying? everybody he, he loved die. It's like one point, you know, he ain't trying to fuck with her, my heart cold, I'm not trusting her. But at the same time, 
it's cold outside and I don't know where the fuck I'm at. <laughs> and I would like some food. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, she pretty much helps him get to the tower and whatnot and look after them or whatever. You know, the assassins and shit. Oh, we ain't even talk about this tower that's like 100 feet in the air. Don't got no elevator, no stairs, no none of that. You got this rusty ass ladder that you got to go <laughs> up and down. She, she said, oh, uh, we only got a radio. We ain't got no phone up here, no nothing. I'm like, man, c- come on, dog. Knock it the fuck off. Why would anybody sign? up for this is a job i just don't get it so at this point man fuck it the little kid he to watch his mom die from cancer and watch his dad get shot up that he got assassins and shit out through right, come on man life was crazy if that's not an origin story for a super villain i don't know what is yo this nigga's about to be diabolical <laughs> and Yo, he, he he deserves to grow up and kill a few people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he do. He gotta blow up something. Yeah. He 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 deserves to kill at least ten different people throughout his yeah. life. That nigga done been through some shit. That man, yo, that man is going through it, bro. But some might be a fucking suicide bomber, yo. I'm saying, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about that, bro. Think about your parents. My parents dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no dog that shit crazy that shit crazy for whatever reason oh so um the sheriff who's john benthendall who i know i just fucked his last name up but john mm-hmm. him and his wife are trackers the assassins run into john the sheriff and they basically make him track down angelina jolie's character and the kid mind you before that they caught up with his wife they caught up with the wife and she gave the signals, right? But it's funny. They they killing everybody else randomly in the street before whatever. They had trouble with a pregnant lady. They had trouble with a pregnant lady. But had no problem killing a fucking woman with her baby and the husband in the house. And then blew the house up for good measure. But they but they, they were okay with doing that. But the killing... And I don't know if because she was black or white. But the, <laughs> but the killing her, I guess... Is it a boy or a girl? Does it fucking matter? <laughs> like, does, does it matter? Y'all already made it clear y'all gonna kill everybody, so. Right. And they still, and the crazy thing was, like, when they caught her, because I think they, they caught up after that, like, and he didn't still didn't uh, kill her, even though she took that flame joint and, like, burned half of his face off. But, you know, like you said, bro, they, they caught up with John's character, pretty much, you know, tracked uh, Jolene, little boy, back to the tower and shit. And, mind you, at this point already, these motherfuckers decided to start a forest fire and shit. So they took like a uh, <laughs> he took a road flare and threw that shit into the woods. So now by the whole time, all of Montana's burning down and shit. So like you know they they using that as a tracker and shit and everything. You know the fire spreading everywhere. This movie's so fucking yeah, ridiculous. F- fire spreading everywhere and then you know he's you know they get John's character to track him to the watchtower and he's like yo you gotta go up there and search or whatever. You know, go up there. We're going to keep an eye out. Search. So he goes to the tower. He sees both of them in there hiding. And he points out because they can see him talking, you know, to somebody in there. So then they just start firing off. John gets shot. He lay down. R.P. John. He ended up dying. He. Oh, Jesus. So he gets shot. And the other two, you know, they trying to get up out of the tower. Mind you, her dumb ass falls up out of this tower like fucking... Oh feet my in the air. god! Oh, 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 oh! Before that, this bitch gets struck by lightning. I, mean, I forgot about yeah, that yeah, part. I'm yeah. like, come on, man! This, yeah. this movie is fucking ridiculous. This movie's ridiculous. This movie's ridiculous. Point is, John ended up dying, but his wife ends up surviving. She drove a. She hopped on the back of a horse, which 
I didn't know pregnant women were allowed to ride horses. Whatever. <laughs> All right, cool. House on a horse. I guess this bitch is good with. She's basically Jason Statham. She good with the snipe. She could do. She can yeah. handle any weapon you need her to handle. I'm like, all right, yo, what yeah. are we doing? She just, the funny thing is, she pregnant and she walking around with this rifle like it's a pistol, like just like firing no command, firing no command. And she ends up, she comes back and she kills Aiden's character or whatever. So, because at this point, you know, like I said, Angelina Jolina fell out the goddamn tower and for whatever reason, she ain't died. So they got up and ran <laughs> into the fiery woods. So Aiden sent, uh, Sit Nick's character out there to go scout. You know, I'm gonna hang back because I done already got shot, but he ends up getting killed. So, in our last segments in the in the movie, really, at one point we're seeing uh, the wife. She goes up there to see John while he's in the tower, basically shot. And there's this long ass goddamn monologue that throughout the whole time they're talking, it's never assumed like, all right, so maybe we should just get up out this tower or, or whatever. But then, you know, they saw, you know, we're going to try to wait this shit out. So they put a mask over him to try to wait the whole fire out or whatever and shit like that. Mind you, know. you this nigga's bleeding to death, basically. Yeah, bleeding out, basically. And she's pregnant. So, you know, they wait that out. And then on the other side, you know, you get the little fight in between with Nick's character and Angelina Jolie. Mind you, like, she kills this man with, a, like, an axe. But it's like one of those, like... You know, the hiking joints. Yeah. Yeah, she just, like, hacks this motherfucker, like, forever. And then, like, hacks his ass. And then he just catches on fire. Because, you know, at this point, the whole forest, all, all of Montana's blazing. Now, let's talk about the kill count. Now, so far, this little boy seen his mama die of cancer. Daddy car gets shot up like Denzel. His uncle. His uncle gets killed. He see he sees his uncle. He sees his uncle get shot, but he's not there when he dies. But he sees him getting zipped up in a body bag. Seems old boy get burnt up alive to death. I'm like, come on, man. But mind you though, like you just pointed out, all these things are seen. I'm going to discount the uncle because there was never a time in this movie that he showed any kind of affection as, fact, if, as if he had an uncle because it's the only time it, anything close was like when he was in the tower and he's like, yo, Connor, be quiet. It's never really pointed. He shows this woman more affection than his own damn uncle, uh, if we being honest. Yeah. I'm like, we never really see that. So, uh, shit, I don't even know that. His heart cold. It, it don't even matter. Well, it's point. just weird. They they just have random connections in there for no... It's just random connections in there. Right. Like, why, why did they live in Miami? I don't know. They drove to Montana because I guess they don't got no other family. But then it seems like they don't really know each other. Because like you said, it ain't really like the uncle and the and the little boy communicating at all. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a bunch of randomness. I get the whole idea of fuck it, we'll just kill everybody we see, we can't identify. It's unnecessary deaths in there. These niggas set the they set the foros on fire, which didn't really make a lot of sense for the for the, what their overall plan was. It's just so much random shit in, in this film. Yeah, so like you said, man, the fires waited out. Um everybody, you know, Jolie and the little boy, they wait the fire out. So for whatever reason the fire goes out. I'm not really sure how that kind of shit works because the whole fire you know, the forest is set on fire. It's going across the whole forest. So I guess at some point the fire just happened to burn out. I don't really know how that works. Um, skips over through the tower. It's revealed the wife, she survived. but John The tower didn't, didn't burn down somehow. Yeah, it <laughs> skips over the tower for whatever reason. Um, John doesn't survive as such. And I think the most realest part of this goddamn movie was like, okay, after, you know, the uh, medics and everything, they find a the little boy in Jolie. He starts crying because he's like... 
So what I'm gonna do now? <laughs> so what now? Is she mean? at first? She's basically like, well, I don't know, nigga. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go back to my life. You go back to yours. Well, well, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do now. And then, then they do that bullshit movie thing. I promise you, when this is done, I'm gonna take care of you, and we gonna live together. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't I know you, woman. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that doesn't change the fact that both my fucking parents are dead. <laughs> like, and then my uncle was dead. I'm like, shit. Who who takes care of me now? I don't fucking know you. I met you two days ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, damn. Just uproot my entire life. You know, I had friends back in Florida. You know, like them niggas probably wondering what happened to me. <laughs> he probably the holy thing he got on his mind at this point is. So am I gonna have to retake the chemistry test? <laughs> Like damn, yo! Like <laughs> that nigga's probably like, man, went from hooky to now, went from playing hooky now. Everybody I love is dead, man. Life comes at you fast. And mind you, all this is in like thirty six hours. It's just like, yo, that's buddy that's, had it rough. That's where you need to be. To you probably wonder how. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy story. Let me take you back to when my mama was dying in front of my eyes. <laughs> Oh, oh man, this movie, man. What, what, what's the rating? What you giving this? Oh man. Oh, this one is gonna be a. It's weird because it was shot good. I'm gonna go with seventy percent, man. Seventy. This is, this is C minus at best. This should get a two out of five for me. Two out of five. What's that? Forty percent. Um, it has no replay value, like, cause it's what the problem is. The movie's a drama, but it's so much comedy level shit that happens, like unintentional comedy, that it's like, there's there's no parts of this movie that I really want to go back and watch. It's like, it has no replay value. I can never imagine myself watching this again from uh, beginning to end. Yeah, and I just, I honestly, initially I just wanted to see it because it's like, Angelina's fine, but like, even after that, like... Like you said, yo, it's no replay value. I don't really know what the fuck. It's just unnecessary shit going on. The subject matter, I don't really care. Um, it's just kind of all over the place. Uh, and then it just cuts out. So it's like, where do we go from here? So I mean, I don't know, man. I I feel I got the same feeling when I when I saw that uh that Denzel movie with Jared Leto and Rob and Rami Malek. It's like doo doo. Yeah, I'm like, yo, you put all this in here, and I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, this is not as good. So, I mean, like you said, two out of five sounds right. I ain't really feeling this one too much. Um, moving on, that's really all we had to. Uh, well, no, you got getting the Godfather of Harlem. Oh, correct, correct. So glad you brought that up. So getting into Godfather of Harlem. What we're gonna do for this one? We just recap this episode. I wanna say this episode. I think it's six. So at this point, we this episode dives deep into the Freedom Riders. Um, basically, three gentlemen, two white guys, one black guy. Uh, they were sent down from the bus, you know, pretty much to go for the protests, in which they're kidnapped by the Klan. And such. So this is pretty much the premise of this. Mind you, that's more on the political side of this episode. Paired off with the other side, 
we find out that uh, Morgenthau is after Bumpy and he's after Chin. So both of those guys uh, pretty much, you know, get chumped on charges and they're sitting in cell pretty much, you know, throughout this episode. Morgenthau is building this case and such and then we get to see Chin pretty much play on that role. He's trying to play the funny card, uh, basically trying to get the psyche vow um, so he can be warden, uh unfit for, you know, prison and such. But it's discovered that there's an informant working with Morgenthau. As such, he's trying to build the case. So it's an angle that gets worked. Basically, kind of like three situations in this episode. We got that on the, you know, the criminal side with Bumpy and with Chin. But then we also see on the political side the situation with the Freedom Riders. And then we see Malcolm's side. Um, he's pretty much working in on one of his more infamous speeches as such. And at this point, he's kind of dealing with it. Still with the threats and stuff that he's getting through his household. Bricks being thrown through the glass and such. But he knows, you know, given the current times, the situations, especially with the Freedom Riders, it's only fitting that he gives his speech as necessary. And, you know, he's still dealing with that, with the nation and such. But, moving on with this one, the political side and... Uh, the criminal side tie into at some point um, you get the work angle so it's really kind of a mix honestly because the information um, you know I think for this episode I'm gonna give my standout role in this one to Ernie Ernie earned it man <laughs> Ernie earned it uh, did his thing bumpy employees but well bumpy and Chen uh, pretty much you know employ him to go down there and basically Stir up the clan and try to get some answers to find out where these guys went missing. Um, at this point, it was a crazy torture scene. Uh, probably one of my more favorite scenes in these, uh, this season, second season so far. I was not expecting this of Ernie. Uh, this was major, but we kind of see the character development of Ernie. Uh, at one point, you know, <laughs> it's, it's funny because Ernie, Ernie still has his convictions, but when it comes to... Sp People he does not like, he does not care, and he will kill them. And he gets, definitely proves that in this one. Um, so I would say stand out for Bernie. And we know this because I guess this is the, the major thing on the FBI's docket to try to figure out. Because as we all know in history, basically, nobody really cares when black people get killed. It's pretty much when white people get killed that all of a sudden it really matters. Let's just call it honest. Especially in the 60s. So we see that kind of collide today. in. Huh? I said, "Shit, that's today." Hey, you heard it there. So more so colliding in with this episode, we kind of see how that revolves around, as such. And then, uh, in the in the climatic ending of this, we see on one side Malcolm is not giving that speech, as well as the mole is found, uh, happens to be, um. Basically, the connect the boss, I forget his uh, I forget his name, um, but this guy he ends up being the mole and such, and he is pretty much whacked uh, for this one. But it's also revealed that Stella was working with Morgenthau as well. Um, just kind of crazy, man. She really hates her father over Teddy. Um, flip side, so quick, man. It's going to be interesting going into the next episode. I think we're kind of going to see the... I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next episode it kind of centers more, more so around Malcolm. 
um, and how he's dealing with the nation at this point, especially after giving this speech. Uh, I think that that should probably key into the next episode going into it. Um, and then I think we will also see, you know, what really happens with Chin moving forward. And at this point, it might be a situation where Bumpy can really start to make moves and, you know, expand. It's going to be interesting to see how far this really goes. We were talking about it earlier, just given that it's based on um, real life events and real people. And we all, I mean, we know, you know, Bumpy ends up dying at some point in 1967. As well as Malcolm dying as well um, earlier. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how far they take it. Uh, whether or not, you know, maybe we get a, uh introduction into Frank Lucas at some point. Could be interesting uh, passing. But for the most part, uh, another excellent episode. Like I said, Ernie's, Ernie's got this one. His name's all over this episode. Uh, definitely was uh, interesting. The only thing I didn't like was, like, it kind of jumped, I feel like. Um... Leading off from the last episode where some of uh, Chen's men got killed. Initially, I would have thought this episode might be more packed on, like, you know, if there's going to be any beef between Bumpy and Chen, you know, they may start to go to war a little bit and such. But they kind of just skipped past that and threw their asses in jail. So, um, they kind of, it's interesting because I'm kind of starting to notice that pattern. Like, whenever one part of the uh, story gets, like, you know, to a big climatic they kind of pivot you know to start on the other side to catch that one back up i guess you know kind of to, to tell it in but overall another good episode like i said uh godfather harlem season two going right now on epics every sunday at nine o'clock or you know watch it i watch it on my epics app on my amazon prime um but other than that moving on um that's pretty much all we had on the docket. Um, Bosco, did you have any closing remarks? No, nah, man. You know, it's nice to try to get more consistent with this. We're going to try to come at y'all every, sun- every Sunday, uh, sprinkling different stuff here and there. Playoffs are going on. That's the main thing. But summer goes on, preseason NFL and all that. Even we're going to try a little random shit. Like every now and then we might just come in with a list of random shit we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and. You know, just try to get more consistent with this thing. I don't know how many people listen to this, but for whoever listens to it, uh, we appreciate the support. Keep listening. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. Mm -hmm. And if another friend of theirs say they don't like it, tell them to eat a dick and, (laughs) you know, pull a Ernie. And um, we greatly appreciate it. And like you said, um, definitely check us out. Uh, Chief and Bosco Podcast. You can find it on anywhere your DSPs. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all of them. Um, definitely, we really appreciate the support because I definitely have been getting feedback from it. Uh, like you said, just getting more consistent on it. I'm um, looking to try to do this thing every Sunday, so definitely be checking out for that. Um, but until then, this has been another episode of the Chief and Bosco Podcast. We are out. <laughs>